you just hiccup? No, I, I, I like made like a heaving noise. Very and nice. now my, my mic is falling over, but I made like a little like, I, I don't know if I can ever recreate that. I was like, hey, but that's not even, that wasn't even it. Like it, it went Perfect. up at the end, but this is crime culture. We talk about hiccups among other things. Yep. Uh, that's Haley. I'm yep. Caitlin. Hi. 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 How are you? Good. How are you? You know, world's on fire. How about yours? <laughs> That's the way I like it, and I never get bored. Was that? Is yeah, that the next I, line? That is the line. I'm not sure that I like it very much right now. No. It seems like every day is just that that Jonah Hill gif. Something not that chill happened last night. <laughs> That's my favorite <laughs> gif in the entire world. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we binge Stranger Things, as so did everybody else in the world. Apparently, mm-hmm. I think Netflix is like streaming platform went down the first like eight minutes that it was <gasps> really yeah. i didn't hear that that's I, it wild. was three o'clock in the morning eastern time so i didn't watch it until like 9 p.m that night so it mm-hmm. was not a problem for me but apparently that happened so mm-hmm. um there will be no stranger things spoilers on this episode so don't worry about it um but there will be some corrections and uh updates yeah. on some past cases we talked about. First and foremost, we have two sentencings. Uh, sentencings? Sen- sentencings. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, wait. No, no, no. I misunderstood you. Okay. Never R. mind. R. Kelly. Jumped down Haley's throat. R. Kelly, 30 years? 30 years in prison, babe. That's it. Should, should have been more. And another mm. one that should have been more is uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Only got 20 years. Yeah. I mean, good that they got sentenced. I agree with those who say it, but... yeah. And we could have done more. Coulda. We could have done coulda, more. Woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are updates. We have episodes on Glenn Maxwell and also on R. Kelly. So you can uh, go and listen to the history of that if you don't, if you need a refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, also, last week we talked about Ezra Miller and we missed one uh, article that was talking about their future with um dc is it dc yes. right DC. yeah yeah yes that um they're not going to be the flash anymore so it so the article said this is hearsay <clears throat> so there has not been an official announcement but basically that yes that where's they, the article from um i sent it to you hang on yeah i think it, we posted it, is, it on our uh our facebook and stuff yes too. it is from variety or no it's not from variety i sent you something else from variety um because i sent Haley this article literally like a day or two after we um discussed it and i was like again yeah and and because you know you all know we we get hit with these things the article from variety after. was about <clears throat> ezra miller accused of harassing a woman in germany and yes. Iceland choking uh, victims come out and yes. uh, talk about it. So the other article was from Games Radar, okay. and it, basically they are most likely not going to keep Miller around as the Flash after the after this movie. standalone Flash movie is out. Yes, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the report from an inside source. No, no huge confirmation of that. Okay, um, but on the Ezra Miller subject. So we heard from our friend Megan, and hi Megan, hi to her cats. Hi, hi cats. And I know I love some cats, um, but she said, and I'm gonna quote it here. Um, 
the so basically for the Miranda rights thing that we talked about, she said, so basically they what they ruled on is that if you are detained and you aren't read your rights, the law prevents you from suing the police in a civil suit. It doesn't affect the actual case. If you are detained and your rights are not read, I believe nothing can be used in the court. I do want to say I definitely don't agree with the ruling. I just looked into it because I was like WTF. And so I just wanted to put that out there because I wanted to put that last part out there because clarification. Yes. Clarification. And like, we don't want anybody witch hunting Meg. Um, We we don't hunt witches in this house. And we don't, you know. Also, Uh, speaking of witches, am I the only one that cried at the uh, Hocus Pocus 2 trailer? uh, Oh, it was so cute. It was so sweet. Right in the nostalgia. Right. And they, they, you know me, I'm a slut for Doug. The minute that they went over the Billy Butcherson grave, that was it. I was like, oh, here we fucking and go. I'm so in, excited. In the promo photo, it's all of like their silhouettes, like riding yes. uh, uh, brooms or whatever it is. And, and Kathy and Jimmy is on two Roombas. Yes, and I yes. uh, just. It's just, I, it's so great. And, and my mom brought up a, a good um, point. She was like, they wouldn't, like, these are like three very famous popular actresses they wouldn't have said yes to this if it wasn't something that they all believed in right 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 i agree so i I, I, i'm is always right i'm hoping that this movie is really really good i'm very excited for it all right and and but i did have a little more on the miranda rights thing okay go for it unfortunately no you're fine i'm I'm just like unfortunately i've gotta bring it down uh (laughs) again so this is according to wabi5 and they said that the ruling is that technically the Miranda warnings isn't a protected constitutional right. Protection from the Fifth Amendment re- remains, however, um, when police will no longer be subject to or but police will no longer be subject to civil lawsuits if they fail to give the Miranda warning. Um so according to Mark Brewer, a political science professor at the University of Maine, my dad's alma mater, woot woot, uh, quote, it would just mean that the law enfor- that law enforcement no longer has to inform people that they have that right. And it was the same thing with the right to counsel. It doesn't get away. It doesn't eliminate it. It just means I don't have to tell you about it. So end quote. Yeah, but, uh, I'm not I'm not eh. into like this whole like cherry picking of the Constitution that's been going on. I was going to say, yeah, so. I'm not loving this era like <laughs> Yeah, uh, I said something to one of my friends, like, a uh, super bummer to have been born in the fuck around era just to live yeah. through the find out era. Yeah, that's so. that's it. That's that's it. Yeah. Um, and then we have we have just a wee bit more of the correction sections. It's it, oh my I God, so many corrections. This. It's a clarification it's, corner. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're not we're not just, you know, we're not just doing this. Um, but our friend Sin, I said, in Finland, was so Finland kind Sin. as to give us so much info about the Lake Bottom case because that's their yes. that's their stomping grounds. And you know what? I love when we talk about a case, especially international case, that um, somebody who is like boots on the ground from that area has more information, lets us know any updates because mm-hmm. lots of the stuff that I looked up from uh, the Lake Bottom murders. It's a very old case. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't covered by um, U.S. publications, as far mm-hmm. as I could find. Yeah. Uh, the only articles I found was on, like, obviously, like, Ranker, 
right. uh, gives a lot of information. And then there were a couple of other people. And I try to use sources that um, seem most reputable and also like um, it's the same facts mentioned throughout. Uh huh. Yeah. Try to get consistency if I can't find something that's from like a like a trusted news source. Um, but yeah, uh, there was a lot lost in translation, I'm assuming, from a lot of the articles that I found. So uh, I'm really glad that Sin reached out and was able to um, give us more insight on this case. Yeah, because like, first of all, um, she said, quote, as a kid, we swam there often. I've been to the murder site, too. It's not a really creepy place. It's a popular outdoor activity area with weddings yeah. and shit, too, end quote. And I'm like, yo, listen. I mean, yeah. That's what they said in, in lots of the articles that I found. It's like, this was a very popular... And that's why they were camping there in the first place. It was yes. a super popular area. Yes. Well, and, and she also, speaking of that, because she also clarified that Finland in the 60s was still pretty podunk. Espoo? Mm-hmm. Espoo? Yes. Yes. Um, it looked... I, it was... I, I feel... I was like, that was that was too easy to pronounce. Like, well, she said I, I'm just, she yeah. did say that I did decent with the pronunciation. <laughs> so you know what? I will take it <laughs> with Elliot's help. With Elliot's Elliot, help. Elliot will take that. Yep. Um, but so Espoo in the six, it might be in the might be in the greater metropolitan area. But back then, it was wildly under undeveloped compared to major U.S. cities. Mm-hmm. The cops probably did not have the skills or the best gear to investigate a murder like this. That's yeah, that's very valid. Yes, and she also said that married couples can testify against each other, but they can't be compelled to do it yeah, if they don't that's want what to. It was. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then some like inside info. So Asman, we we love we love Hans. the name. Hans Osman. Um, Hans, yes. Uh, basically had an alibi. He was seen sleeping in Helsinki at a time that would have made it impossible for him to have been at the boat at Bodum at yeah, the time that, of the murders. Yeah, that was his uh, alibi, yep. Yes. And the police have basically said that the books that the attending doctor wrote about him being guilty are fiction. Um, yeah. Asman wrote, worked in construction and the red stains were said to be paint and his weird behavior was due to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the same author doctor is the guy who cooked up the KGB connection as well. Okay, yeah, because I I did read about that that he was thought to be uh, affiliated or within the KGB, and I was like, I don't know if that's like true or not. Again, like uh, lots of these articles kind of just went into like rundowns of like here are all of the suspects. Mm-hmm. Let's give a little bit of backstory, but um, Sin was able to give us a much more backstory than lots of the articles that I was finding. Yeah, really killing the game. Yeah, because uh, there is one more. So Gustafsson, his injuries. The one survivor. Yes, the one survivor. His injuries about the leaking cranial fluid and all of that. Um, she was like, that's not basically what Finnish sources were saying. They were mm-hmm. saying that um, injuries aside from the wound on his cheek looked like, quote, boxing injuries or injuries that somebody would get from getting, you know, like their ass kicked. Yeah. And also he faked being unconscious. Medical experts in court said that. Yeah, I didn't read any of that. That's crazy. Yeah. They said he'd have needed much longer to recuperate if his unconsciousness had been as severe slash lengthy as he made it seem. Mm. He did not have any brain bruising or concussions that was diagnosed during his hospital stay. And he later lied about having stab wounds. So like. Yeah. So that that flips him much more into the suspect than lots of the sources I found. Lots of the stuff that I found was talking about how it's like. He was the one survivor. All of his friends died. Mm-hmm. And now, like, he's, like, a suspect. Mm-hmm. And, like, how unfortunate is that? That's That was a lot of, like, the U.S. or, like, yeah. English language sources that I found, which 
Um, Clearly. Yeah, you know, like, if you're the one survivor and you were also attacked, like, how unfortunate is, is it that you're also a suspect? But right. um, I guess we didn't get a lot of the information <laughs> that was given to Finnish sources. So but that is uh, that down. is definitely sketchy. Yeah. And, and you even saying that reminds me that um, the Final Girls book club is the Amazon deal of the day, or Final Girls support group by mm-hmm. Grady Hendrix is the Ugh. Amazon deal of the day. Today, Everyone should go buy it. It is that's, fantastic. That's what you don't have to buy it from Amazon. Do. No, but, don't uh, buy it from buy Amazon. It from, yeah, buy it from your local bookstore. <laughs> yeah. um, it is a fantastic book, and uh, we will be talking more about Grady Hendrix probably beginning of next year, later this year. Spoiler <gasps> alert. Ooh. Um, but yes, read Grady Hendrix. Yes, and it's a it's a great book. Shout out to my friend Dan. You need a beach who, read? Yeah, do it. This is it. This is it. Shout out to my friend Dan, who this was our Everest when we had to write a tweet about this at work. Yeah. And this, this, I'm pretty sure this book gives him nightmares now. He didn't even read it, but he didn't have to. We spent like an hour trying to figure out how to write this tweet. <laughs> Should ask me. It's so good. Um, no, no, but just a tweet on it because we needed a character limit. It was a whole thing. It's annoying. Yes. Um, Before we move any for- further... Last week, when we did our Patreon poll pick, we neglected to shout out our patrons. Yikes. Because we're fucking dumb. That's so, really what it comes down to. Yeah. And you know Long what? Hand in my pocket. It wasn't on my uh, outline. Because uh, I usually, I'll usually stick it on the outline, and it wasn't. So, fuck me, I guess. Um, mm. So, obviously, we're shouting out our patrons, the people we love the most. Lucian, hey. Abby, Stevie, Michaela, Megan, Kim, Janie, Sarah, and that's it. Hey. Thank you all so much for supporting us and for um, voting on the episode. Because as yes, soon as those of you who have, as that. soon as we found out it was the Ezra Miller episode, it was like cracks knuckles, downloads a million different articles at once, like fifteen tabs. So let's um, fucking go. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a uh, that's a fun time doing research like that. But you you know it's a big one too when like Michael has zero interest in true crime. And Michael's like, are you going to talk about Ezra Miller? <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was like, is somebody going to talk about this? We um, need to talk about Kevin. We need to like. Talk about Kevin. <laughs> Well, this week, if you have yes. read the title of the episode, we are talking about the Dybbuk box. Dun, and dun. I so hope that we're going to talk about my favorite part about Dybbuk boxes, which is a relatively recent thing with yeah. a certain, yes, with a certain tattooed mu- musician. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Momentarily. I love you. <laughs> uh, towards the end of the episode. So stay tuned. But first... Uh, we're going to talk about what's a Dybbuk. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a Dybbuk is? I do not. It's spelled, I've seen it spelled two ways, D-Y-B-B-U-K or mm-hmm. D-I-B-B-U-K. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is derived from Jewish mythology and it's described as, quote, a malicious possessing spirit believed to be the dislocated soul of a dead person, end quote. Oh. It supposedly leaves the host body once it has accomplished its goal sometimes after being exercised so it sounds like something between a demon and a ghost yeah and that makes kind sense of. and and if you are jewish or you know more about dibbix please let us know because this is from 
uh, Wikipedia and several other articles. Yes. Um, but the term first appeared in writings from the 16th century, but didn't gain popularity until Jewish playwright S. Ansky wrote the Dybbuk uh, between 1913 and 1916. More on this a little later. Okay. Prior to this, though, accounts of possession were thought to be more of demons than ghosts. So I guess they're saying that a Dybbuk is more of a ghost than a demon. Hmm. In psychological literature, the Dybbuk has been described as a hysterical syndrome. And traditionally, Dybbuk's tended to be male spirits who possessed women on the eve of their weddings, typically in a sexual fashion by entering the woman through their vagina, which is seen in Ansky's play. So that's what? a yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. That's a big fucking no from me, dog. That's a whole thing. Uh, but there are oh other forms of soul transmigration in Jewish mythology. In contrast to the Dybbuk, there's the Ibber, I-B-B-U-R, which means impregnation. Um, and it's a positive possession. And it happens when a righteous soul temporarily possesses a body. Uh, this is always done with consent so that the soul can perform a mitzvah. And okay. the... Gilgul, G-I-L-G-U-L, is the idea that a soul must live through many lives before it gains wi the wisdom to rejoin with God. Mm -hmm. So this okay. is this is going into like whole history of Jewish mythology, but I'm just talking about the Dybbuk real quick. So now we're going to talk about the Dybbuk box. I think there we'll get into like how many Dybbuk boxes there are, but this is like the most famous one. Um, it is the inspiration for the movie The Possession, which we're going to be talking about a little later. Mm -hmm. um, but in 2021, the creator of the Dybbuk box uh, confirmed that he made it up. Oh. So for this reason, I'm going to bring up several plot holes in his story as <laughs> we start talking about it. <clears throat> but um, yeah, there's an article with input that he was like, yeah, I made the whole thing up. And here's how. <sighs> So let's talk about it. Damn it. So early 2000s Portland, Oregon. That's where this story begins. Writer and furniture refurbisher Kevin Manis purchases an old wooden wine cabinet at a local attorney's yard sale. He immediately sets out to create this story, saying that he had purchased the cabinet from the granddaughter of a recently deceased Holocaust survivor named Havela, who escaped Nazi-occupied Poland. Havela's parents, brothers, sister, husband, two sons, and daughter were all killed. She, with the other survivors, fled to Spain and lived there until the end of the war. When Havela, mm -hmm. who lived to 103, immigrated to the U.S., the wine cabinet was one of only three items she brought with her. And in typical horror movie fashion, Manus claims when purchasing the cabinet, the granddaughter told him never to open it or bad things would happen. Um, when he got back to his shop to restore the cabinet, he found a series of strange objects inside because, you know, a white man immediately opens a haunted cabinet after being told not to. Mm -hmm. He found inside two U.S. wheat pennies dating 1925 and 1928, two mm -hmm. locks of hair, a dried rosebud, a four-legged cast iron candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture inscribed with the Hebrew word shalom. Oh. The Shem Shema, S-H-E-M-A, a prayer considered to be one of the most important in Judaism, was carved into the back of the cabinet. Okay. And when admitting to the hoax later on, he said in an interview with Input, quote, the carving on the back of it is my carving. 
The stone that was in the box is something that is a signature creation of mine also. Make no mistake, I conceived of the Divic box, the name, the term, the idea, and wrote this creative story around it to post on eBay, end quote. Uh, he also said in another article re- that I read that the hair in the box, the two locks of hair, was wh- from one of his bar buddies. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Congratulations, so, <laughs> you've ruined it for everyone. You played yourself. So You played yourself. According to his story... Before trying to sell the thing, Manus said that he gave the box to his mother, Ida, on Halloween. She was actually interviewed on the show Paranormal Witness, where she described feeling a cold breeze from the box as she opened its doors, then experienced, quote, pure evil, end quote, coming out. She says she immediately had a stroke. Manus went to visit her in the hospital the next day and asked how she was feeling, and having lost the ability to speak, she had to point at letters on the alphabet, like, the guy yeah, in yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, so she pointed out no gift and hate gift. I mean, okay. She Fair. eventually did regain her voice again. She was interviewed on Paranormal Witness, whatever. Manis says that this part is true, that she did actually have a stroke. He gave the box to her on Halloween. But of the Paranormal Witness interview, he said, quote, it was an outstanding bit of motherly support and an Oscar winning performance, end quote. He also says that while she was doing that interview, she was still recovering from her stroke. And if you listen closely, you can hear that in her speech, a little shakiness. Um, He added, quote, I didn't talk her. I didn't talk to her or coach her or commiserate with her before she did the interview. End quote. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she believed that there was like actual evil from this box. If I, I I don't know what is true with this guy. Yeah, but I, I like. But I know bef- that I don't want it. <laughs> before before I read that that um it, that he had talked about her uh, interview with Paranormal Witness, I was like, is she a hired actress? Was she in on yeah. the thing? Like, is she like just a really good actor? And apparently, I guess she is. Yeah. Um. But over the next two years, Manis claims a long list of unfortunate events associated with the box. According to the article on Input, his sister got creeped out by the cabinet because the doors kept opening on their own. His brother and sister-in-law complained of odd smells coming from the block from the box, like cat urine and jasmine. I don't know how you pick those two scents out. Yep. Well, uh, p- cat urine, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry Felix about that. Is, Felix has earned the nickname Big Pisser in our house recently. Aww. And that's all we need to say about that. Well... <laughs> Manus and his siblings suffered from the same reoccurring nightmares of an old woman with sunken eyes. And most disturbingly, he says, the brother of a store employee died by suicide shortly after visiting the shop and knocking the cabinet off the shelf. A couple years later, the worker himself took his own life. And Manus Hmm. maintains that these deaths were true, but the writer of the input article that did all the background research says Mm -hmm. that he could not confirm these deaths. Uh, so it could just be another one of his lies. Yeah. But also, that's a pretty fucked up thing to lie about. Yeah. Um, Manus at one point tried to give the box to his then-girlfriend, even after all of this shit happened. Even after his mother had a stroke when he gave it to her, he tries to give it to his girlfriend. I feel but, like breaking up is easier. Right? I'm not one for ghosting, but... Not this literal is, I was going to say, I was going to say, both ba- both ghostings are bad, but yeah. I would prefer the zero-contact ghosting over this possession yeah um but after keeping it for a very short time she forced him to take it back 
Then he began seeing what he later described as, quote unquote, shadow things in his peripheral vision, which fuck that. Also go to the eye yeah. doctor. Yes. If you're seeing floaties, you got to go to the eye doctor. Oh, is that what that is? If you see like little floaty things in your is field that, of vision? I, I, yeah. Well, no, I'm saying when people see. No, no, that's not. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when people say that they see like shadows out of the corner of their eyes. Is, I mean, you like, should definitely. Oh, it's actually floaties. Oh, okay. You that's should definitely, all I was saying. If, you're, if something's fucked up with your eyes, definitely try the eye doctor first before you like schedule an exorcism. Um, okay. I mean, but, I guess. Which one's cheaper? I don't know. I think the exorcism the takes a while. Option. Takes yeah, a long time. And I don't I think mean, they'll take your insurance. No, they definitely won't take my insurance. Probably not. Yeah. But anyway, so he finally sold the box to a middle-aged couple. Three days later, he found the box sitting outside his store with a note that read, quote, this has a bad darkness, end quote, which that's fucking metal as hell. Yeah. That's a great quote. Yep. Um, one evening, Manus hosted a family dinner and his relatives stayed the night. The next day, his visitors all reported having the same nightmare about an abusive hag, that woman that they had seen with the sunken eyes. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. So finally, in 2003, he listed it for sale on eBay with the whole backstory. The listing ends with, quote, I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these things, these kinds of things, and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. End quote. Yeah. Another one of these plot holes. So the original listing on eBay said, quote, all of the events that I am about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I am including as part of the sale of the cabinet, end quote. So if someone did request all of that documentation, is it just all forged? Yeah, that's a great question. Because that you're saying that everything is true. Yeah. You literally said everything is accurate. And now in 2021, you're saying that you made everything up? Maybe the ghosts threatened them. I have no clue. But anyway, it was eventually sold to a Missouri college student named Eosef or Joseph Netsky for $140. He ended up posting it for sale on eBay with his own misfortunes, things like car troubles, strange smells, and hair loss. Uh, turns out Netsky was roommates with a co-worker of the box's next owner, which is Jason Haxton. Haxton purchased the box for $280 on February 9th, 2004. And now we have another, I'm going to say kook. So Jason okay. Haxton is the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri. And I didn't know what that was, but from what I gathered, osteopathic medicine is a whole person approach to medicine, treating the entire person rather than just the symptoms. I think it's like a holistic thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so Haxton was interested in the story surrounding the box, but he actually purchased it for a magician friend of his named Michael Callahan, who was going to incorporate the box into his act, which nice friend, you're buying a box for $280. Like, <laughs> sure. That's what but I'm also, getting you for Christmas now. <laughs> but also it could be cursed. Go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> Not a good friend. Not a good friend. So maybe he sucks. I don't know. Um, but the box was delivered to Haxton's museum where it was inspected with gloves and a black light, possibly to find the source of the weird smell. They're like, if it is cat urine, it'll come up with a black light, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, an article from entertainment weekly explains what happened next saying quote, but when Haxton removed his gloves, he says the box felt warm and the wood seemed to shift beneath his fingers as if it had a pulse. Suddenly, while his palms were still on the box, he felt a pain erupt from his side and migrate to his stomach 
where it bothered him for hours. That night, Haxton dreamed of faces of disfigured, uh, disfigured by wounds. Each face would finally morph into that of a white-haired hag who watched him with hollow eyes. And oh, Entertainment nice. Weekly really knows how to spin a yarn. Maybe we'll include them in our uh, uh, creepypasta episode. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the weirdness didn't stop with Haxton. In the days after the box arrived at the museum, several other staff members had their own experiences and unfortunate events and became concerned with the box being on the property. Haxton packed it into the bed of his truck and took it home. The next day, his car reeked of cat urine. It's my understanding that he did not have a cat, but I don't know. Okay. Could have been Felix. Could have been. Could have just been over there, lifted a leg. Do cats lift their legs? I don't know. No, no. That you Being, have a cat. Yeah, but he's <laughs> always he's always hidden in the box. I never see anything. But like, but like, I grew up with no, dogs. They, they squat. They squat. All right. Or Felix is what they call a vertical peer. We learned that recently, which means so he, pees. he lifts he, he doesn't sit while he pees. No, he stands up. Weirdo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's Whatever. one of his many weird idiosyncrasies, trust me. Anyway, so Haxton attempted to deliver the box to his friend on multiple occasions, but he kept putting it off saying he was sick or the timing was inconvenient. Eventually, he ended up having to store the box in a uh, closet of an unused room in his house. But it wasn't long before Haxton, his wife, and their two children started to be plagued by weird occurrences. The house remained cold no matter how high they turned up the heat. Haxton and his son once witnessed a shadow expand and drift across a brightly lit room, but the most concerning was the turn in Haxton's health. He claimed that he never got sick, but after the box arrived, he periodically broke out in head-to-toe welts that would vanish and reappear at random. He also developed vision problems and found it difficult to swallow. Mm. So while on a work trip to Portland in June 2004, Haxton tracked down Manus. They tried and failed to find the house where Manus had originally purchased the box, but once Haxton was back in Missouri, Manus contacted him to say that he had found the house and made contact with an elderly woman named Sophie, who was Havela's cousin, which is this all fucking bullshit. I could, yeah. couldn't find the house because he didn't want to fess up to the original story, but whatever. Yeah. So Havela's cousin, Sophie, recalled... Uh, her own childhood in 30s Poland and how Havela had attempted to capture a spirit to help the Jews fight against the Nazis, but instead had allowed a malevolent entity to enter the world. According to Sophie, hmm. Havela had been unable to contain the spirit, and Sophie claimed that many of the disasters of the second half of the 20th century were the work of this entity. Hmm. Sophie uh, also told Manus that Havela had ultimately succeeded in imprisoning the spirit in the box, which was now residing in Haxton's spare bedroom. This is also a way, way, way expanded story. It's like, it started with like, me and my family have had some unfortunate events. Let's get rid of this box. To uh, a spirit that was summoned to fight the Nazis has caused havoc <laughs> on the world for the second half of the 20th century. That is uh, a wild claim. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard weirder, but at the same time, I'm suspicious. I'm not a hundred percent yeah on board with this. Good. Call me crazy, but yeah, I didn't know I where to, I didn't know where to put this part, so I'm just gonna stick it here because it's funny. Um, in the input article, there's talk of a, something of a rivalry between Manus and Haxton. 
Hmm. Although Manus is the originator of the tale, Haxon benefited more from the story, both financially and publicity-wise. He owned the box the longest. He actually wrote a book on it, which I'll get to, and frequently made himself available for public appearances. Manus said, quote, Jason was very Johnny on the spot to make money off it, end quote. Meanwhile, Haxton said, quote, I think Kevin was shocked because though he might have come up with the idea and the concept, he would have never gotten the book written. He never finishes anything. He would have never gotten the movie done. I got red carpet treatment and everything. I was with the stars and he was he was the background noise and it probably pissed him off. But that's the way it is. End quote. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. That they're like trying to like they I think they both know it's fake and then they're like trying to like one up each other with like well uh how far can we drag this along and convince other people and how much money can we make off this thing and so they're like fighting neck and neck to see how far either of them can take it but regardless so with his health still declining Haxon took the advice of the internet and performed a Wiccan ceremony to contain the entity Soon after, Haxton said his symptoms improved, and even more so when he placed the box in a container he made himself of acacia wood and gold leaf, which is the same materials used to construct the Ark of the Covenant, according to the Bible. Haxton doesn't know what to make of what happened to him after the Dybbuk box, except that there is, quote-unquote, something that cannot be explained away by an overactive imagination. Since the cleansing, he said he stored the box in an undisclosed location, saying, quote, I don't know what to do with it, but I don't dare let it out of my control either. Sometimes I feel like Gollum, you know, my precious, end quote. Mm. And that's kind of the story of the Dybbuk box. That's Um, fucking wild. Yeah. So if you've seen The Possession, you can see the uh, similarities of of the story. But before I get to talking about that, I did want to quickly mention uh, the Dybbuk, which is the play that I talked about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's also called Between Two Worlds, and this is the play by S. Ansky. It was originally written in Russian and later translated into Yiddish by Ansky himself. The Dybbuk had its world premiere in that language, performed at the Vilna Troupe in Warsaw in 1920. A Hebrew Mm -hmm. version was prepared by Chaim Naman Bailik and was staged in Moscow at Habina Theater in 1922. The story is of a young bride possessed by a Dybbuk on the eve of her wedding. Uh, This play is a pretty big deal. It's considered a seminal play in the history of Jewish theater and played an important role in the development of Yiddish theater and theater in Israel as a whole. The play was based on years of research by Ansky, who traveled between small Jewish neighborhoods in Russia and the Ukraine, documenting folk beliefs and stories of the Hasidic Jews. It had been adapted numerous times since 1920, and here are some of the more modern ones. In 1996, the Dybbuk, an opera in Yiddish by American composer Solomon Epstein, premiered in Tel Aviv. This was apparently the world's first Yiddish opera. Mm-hmm. In January 2008, the opera The Dybbuk Between Two Worlds by composer Offer Ben Amotz premiered in Montreal, Canada. In 2009, the Hollywood Theater of the Ear, under the direction of Yuri Ravosky, recorded an English-language production released by Blackstone Audio, and even as early as May 2015, an adaptation by Canadian playwright Anton 
Pygorsky opened at Toronto's Soul Pepper Theater. So this has been adapted many, many times, and it's actually a really important play, which was interesting to find out. Um, another one of these adaptations is the 1937 movie, uh, The Dybbuk. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, with a shit. Six, yeah, 62% audience score and a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And the synopsis is, quote, in a Polish... Shettle, I think that's like a small neighborhood. Okay. Two young men who have grown up together uh, betrothed their unborn children, ignoring the advice of a mysterious traveler not to pledge the lives of future generations. Mm-hmm. Soon after, one of them dies and the wife of the other dies at childbirth. The children grow up in different towns without ever knowing of the betrothal, but the power of the vow leads them to meet each other when they are marriageable. The young woman, Leah, is promised to another man, but Chanon the son of the uh, the father who died is a practitioner of mysticism and seeks to win his bride through sorcery, end quote. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's generally considered one of the finest Yiddish films of all time. Several of the actors in the film died in Poland during the Holocaust, actually. Which is very, very sad. Yeah, shit. Yeah. But now I want to see this movie. I don't know where to find right. it. It's from 1937. Right. Um, and... Uh, obviously, the next movie we're talking about is The Possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was from 2012. It only has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 48% audience score. It's got a 76% on Google and a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. Uh, the synopsis is, quote, when their youngest daughter, M, becomes strangely obsessed with an antique wooden box bought from a yard sale, parents Clyde and Stephanie see little cause for alarm. However, M becomes increasingly unstable, leading the couple to fear the presence of a malevolent force. To their horror, Clyde and Stephanie learn that the box contains a Dybbuk, a dislocated spirit that inhabits and ultimately devours a human host. End quote. The critics' consensus is, quote, It may be based on a true story, but that doesn't excuse the way the, di- the possession repeatedly falls back on hoary ghost movie cliches or the unintentional laughs it provides. End quote. And you know what? I think laughing during a horror movie is totally fine there are very funny things that have to do with horror it's okay to be a little campy and this is again we've we've already uh established that this is not a true story yes so it's fine but some of the actors in this movie jeffrey dean morgan from the walking dead supernatural Grey's anatomy and the watchman uh kira sedgwick the Closer, oh. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Edge of Seventeen, and Connecticut Mad- Native, or not oh. Native, but Connecticut Residence. Oh, yeah? Cedric. Yes, she lives there with Kevin Bacon, her husband. Very nice. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Madison Davenport is also in this movie. She was in Humboldt County, Sisters, Shameless, and Black Mirror. Name sounds so familiar. She is, um, did you watch Shameless? Um, about five, six seasons worth. All right, I don't know if you uh, um, if you I'm know which character it is. Behind it, I, I couldn't. I didn't know which character she was in Black Mirror. I think she was uh, in the episode with Miley Cyrus in Black Mirror. Oh, okay. I think so. I didn't. I don't think I even watched that one. Um, but anyway, so oh, it was good. Watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's really good. It gives um, very. It gives big like free Britney vibes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think they also announced that they're coming out with a new season of Black Mirror. They are. Yes. yes. So that's good. Uh, but anyway, so while promoting this film on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Jeffrey Dean Morgan explained that strange, in- strange incidents took place during the production that couldn't be explained. 
Lights exploded during the filming of key scenes, and just two days after wrapping principal photography, all of the props for the film stored in case of reshoots were destroyed in a fire that mysteriously erupted from within the storage house. Okay, like, how do you explain that? That's creepy. That's creepy. Unless one of the props was flammable and something lit it on fire. Okay. But whatever. So Haxton and Manis both served as production consultants on the film. So they got their money somewhere. Yeah. Um, And also, I mentioned earlier, Jason Haxton, who was one of the owners of the box, um, wrote a book called The Dippick Box. It has a 3.28 out of 5 on Goodreads and a 4.2 out of 5. Uh, yeah, 4.2 out of 5 on Amazon. Um, it's just about his experiences with the box. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going to get into a little bit of what you alluded to earlier. Yes. In 2016, Haxton sold the Dippick box to a famed ghost hunter and host of Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins. And Is it Baggins neither. Or Baggins? What? Is it Baggins or Baggins? I thought it was Baggins. I, I thought it was Baggins because <laughs> and that's why we drink used to call him zach bagel bites or not used yeah. to but yeah oh yeah one of the co-hosts got like blocked by him i believe that's hilarious. like <laughs> all like, of the guys all of the guys on last podcast call him baggins all right then but they be- also called G- galane jizzlane so i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i trust them anymore <laughs> i'm gonna call him baggins because that's okay. what it looks like yeah sure. but neither of the, neither of these parties will reveal the sum of what Haxton sold the box for. I'm assuming it was a shit ton. Yeah. Uh, but that year, in an episode of Ghost Adventures Deadly Possessions, he, along with Madison Haxton, put the box in his haunted museum in Las Vegas, where it remains as one of the highlights touted as, quote, the world's most haunted object, end quote. Which, uh, yeah, we're adding this museum to our yes, list of absolutely. things. Yes, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum in Vegas. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. But in 2020, on an episode of Ghost Adventures Quarantine, Baggins opened the box. He supposedly heard it say, Kevin, referencing Manus, and Evil, then heard a child's voice. The show captured on camera what Baggins and his crew claimed was a figure that manifested inside the box. Musician and apparent friend of Baggins, Post Malone, was featured in an episode as well. In security footage inside the museum, Malone is seen grabbing Baggins' shoulder while he touched... Uh, the closed Dybbuk box prior to opening it. Apparently, that was enough to curse the musician. In the following months, his private plane was forced to make an emergency landing, his San Fernando Valley home was broken into, and he was involved in a car accident, incidents that he would later talk about on Late Night with Seth Meyers. And now, he's having a kid. Curse continues. I mean, we're all going to have kids eventually because uh, we won't be allowed to not have children. That's true. That's true. We are are but chattel. (sighs) Whatever. So... In the Ghost Adventures quarantine episode, Manus expanded upon the Dippick Box legend, saying that there were 10 of these boxes hidden around the globe and that if they were ever brought together, evil would be unleashed, quote, the likes of which the world has never seen, end quote. He gave Baggins a second smaller box and claimed that he had another six, claiming that the last two have yet to have been found. And isn't this kind of, I don't watch superhero movies, but isn't this kind of like the gems of the Marvel universe? This is kind of like the gems in the thanos glove with the marvel universe um but also what i'm thinking when you said that is past couple of weeks somebody must have found all of them and brought them together yeah that sounds like it mm-hmm. well Great. if you want your own dybbuk box <laughs> 
This online retail store, the Dipic Box store, has Dipic Boxes for sale ranging from $20 to over $200. Their website tells of a rich history that Manus claims that he created um, the conception of. It says, quote, currently there is a lot of misinformation about uh, abounds regarding Dibic boxes as seen uh, this one in a Wikipedia article and they mm -hmm. link it. Firstly, these boxes have been around for many, many years. There was already an underground trading community uh, about these boxes at least in early 1990s. The article fails to report that there were certain Usenet groups trading in Dibic boxes well before the early 2000s. End quote. Damn. And this would contradict Manus's claim that a Dybbuk box was his brainchild. Uh, yeah. He goes as far to throw down a challenge. In a Facebook post dated October 24th, 2015, Manus says, quote, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dybbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story and the idea that a Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk, along with any deviation to the type of contents I created to be found inside the Dybbuk box is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you a million dollars and tattoo your name on my forehead. Challenge fucking accepted. Yeah, so let's find it. Regardless, the website goes on to tell a little more history before issuing a warning. These boxes for sale on the site are not toys. They house powerful forces and should not be taken lightly. If you look on the Dybbuk box store, um, all of the boxes that are for sale are these wooden boxes, but they're all encased in wax, I guess. Yeah. So you, like, okay. you can't open them. Uh, but there are also Dybbuk boxes for sale on eBay and Etsy. And uh, there are even Dybbuk unboxing videos on YouTube. Oh, my God. No wonder everything's going to shit. Yeah. So stop that, opening the Dybbuk boxes. That's about the Dybbuk boxes. Damn. That's about the Dybbuk box. That's so fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, I like I, I like a cursed object. That's one of my cursed object. I mean, it's one of my kinks. <laughs> cursed objects. <laughs> Good to know. Just really into it, you know. But I that's why I have, I have some a cat. questions for Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's just, it's because you hear about, like, the mention of Dybbuk boxes, like, for example, when the Post Malone thing happened, or with Zach Baggins, Baggins, whatever his name is, or just, like, in conversations about spooky shit, but, like... Yeah, especially when the possession that. was coming out, then, this, yes. like, this started all getting crazy. I just yes. think it's really funny that the guy that came up with it, Manus, is, like, always trying to, like, add to the story. Like, he says in a couple articles that he keeps adding to the story. So that, like, he... It just seems like he just wants to still be relevant in the story. Yes. Like, yes. he always has to remind people that he came up with it. Be like, dude, like, you can silently slip away and let this thing, like, take over. You don't have to keep reminding people. But whatever. Right. So, it's just a it fun thing. It is. Yeah. And um, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Fan? I haven't seen Big The Possession, but Big sure. Fan. Yeah, but, I mean, I love um, Hillary Burton, who... He's His her wife? husband. Yes. Yeah. And she's great and love their love. And, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is one of the owners of that I was candy say, store. Yeah, with, jo with Paul Rudd. And I, don't know why I almost called him John Rudd, but yes, in <laughs> Rhinebeck, New York. Yeah. So there's, but, that's yeah. a fun. That's fun. See, yes, we can end it on a sweeter note, a lighter note. Um, yeah. And if anyone, like, I personally am not into, like, r like really interested in the, like, supernatural horror movies. Like, mm -hmm. 
I, they don't really scare me because it's just like whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you are, you can rest assured that the creator of the Dibba Box said it's fake. So mm-hmm. it's fake. Yeah. So you're fine. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Big, Bigfoot's real. Mothman's real. Dibba Box fake. Easy to remember. Perfect. Great. Perfect. So you can go to our website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You know what? I'll probably link the um, the Dipic Box store if you want to purchase one yourself. Uh, don't okay. send one to us. Uh, I, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely not. That's going to be... Thank you. That's, no, that's but a no. no for me. Yeah. Have fun with that. Send, the, it, to, the, send it to your ex for... Uh, yeah. For Christmas. Send it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone posted like a like a bunch of like addresses where you could like send like hate mail. So oh um, send. Well, a I know box. you may not have heard this because it's on TikTok. Gen Z was like, like justices, like for example, like the one I heard about was Clarence Thomas. Like we're going out to eat and like gen z servers were taking pictures of their credit card information and posting it on tiktok and being like go forth and people are buying like i think that's kind a- of illegal like, but sure anime sculptures and all kinds of shit on these justices credit cards yeah i mean if you're gonna ruin uh, a whole slew of people's lives uh then you deserve to get fucked with i guess mm-hmm. whatever yeah down uh but yeah our website's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com you can email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com you can check out all of our social media facebook instagram twitter and uh patreon you can join for as little as a dollar as much as whatever you want you can vote on episodes you can get a postcard from us you can hang out with us on a live chat um there's a couple of things over there so check it out and with that I think we did all of our corrections and clarifications at the beginning, so we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.